Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, and today I have a very special guest host. I have my good friend, Cody Maynard. He's our state representative right here in Oklahoma. I had the privilege to get to vote for Cody in this last election cycle, and uh, he's got some powerful things to share with you in just a few moments, and I know you're going to be blessed. You need to call a friend uh, a family member, and just be a part of the of the broadcast today. Let me give you the number that you can call and, and submit questions or comments, 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. And we would be happy to take your questions and welcome your comments as well. Well, let me give a few announcements. We actually have our Truth and Liberty Coalition Conference uh, that begins tonight, September the 7th. It goes through the 9th. And uh, wow, they're always over the top, very informative, very encouraging. Uh, I promise you that you will be blessed and you need to register for that and be a part of that if you haven't done so already. You can register at truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net. Our speakers these couple of days are Andrew Walmack. Jeff Anderson, David Barton, Alex McFarlane, Chad Connolly, Lucas Miles, Janet Porter, Mohammed Faraday, and our beloved Richard Harris, that's a part of Truth and Liberty. And again, I know that you'll be blessed that the uh, conference is titled For His Glory. That's tonight, September the 7th through the 9th. And that will be every night there at the Woodland Park location. We also have a very special 9-11 tribulation, and you'll never guess what day that's going to be on. September the 11th, 9-11 at 6 p.m. And uh, this is over the top, a tribute to those that lost their lives in 9-11 in tragically. And uh, what a powerful presentation this is. I'm hoping my wife and I to be there in attendance uh, as well. That's September the 11th. You need to register at awmi.net. And you can watch that actually live if you'll go to truthandliberty.net slash live. You can watch that live. And so we have so many things available for you here at Truth and Liberty. We pray that you pray about being a partner and, and partnering with us as we see lives changed and our country hopefully transformed as the truth in regards to liberty is, is proclaimed. And so thank you for your partnership. Again, if you want to be a part of the program, 719-619-23441. Also, the website is very informative. We have conservative news feeds that are updated every 15 minutes, 24-7 on the website. And I find that very helpful, even personally, myself. So let's jump in. 
Again, I have State Representative Cody Maynard with me, and I'm just so proud of Cody. I've watched the Lord work in his life, and, and he's using him mightily already. Uh, there's great things, I believe, ahead for, for our state rep, uh, this, this precious brother. So why don't you introduce yourself, sure. Cody? And Well, thank you so much. You know, Pastor Dwayne, it's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, just to let y'all know a little bit about my background. So I moved to Oklahoma 2010. I actually came up here to be part of the church, uh, Victory Life Church here, because it was so impactful in my family. So me and my wife, Crystal, we moved here. We set down roots, and uh, we now have three kids that we get to grow up in the wonderful community around Durant, Oklahoma. And I couldn't imagine a better place to raise children at. But uh, a little bit of my background, I'm a CPA by trade, so a certified public accountant. So I do, you know, the really boring bean counting stuff in the background. Um, and then, you know, in some weird fashion, I somehow ended up running for office and getting into politics. But uh, I'm a very conservative Republican by, by nature. And so uh, those are just a little bit of a snapshot of kind of what I've done and how I got here. Well, I've watched the evolution and transformation, and it's, it's truly been exciting, and I'm, again, super proud of you. Uh, why don't you share with us, before we start taking calls, you know, how did you get into politics, and, yeah. and give us your story, because I find it fascinating. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it wasn't one of those things that I, I thought, if you asked me five years ago, would I be an elected official in office? I would have said, absolutely not. There's no way I would ever run for office. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will surprise you when you will submit to him. Yeah. And so I, I'll just kind of roll it back three years. So 2020, we go into COVID lockdown, right? So I'm out in the country now with my three kids at home, which we're trying to figure out how do I homeschool and do a job remotely, and we don't know what's going on with the virus, all that kind of stuff. And I remember just having some time sitting there reflecting in, in my bedroom, looking out the window as I was praying of just uh, my, so my grandfather served in World War II, and I really was just kind of walking through. I was like, if he were here today, would he recognize our country at this moment? Like, would he recognize the government shutting down businesses and saying, your job's not essential, but maybe this one is. And, you know, I'm watching business owners go out of business in this session, in this season. Um, and then I was really looking at my three little kids running around the house and wondering what I'm like when I'm 70, 80, like, what are they going to have? What are, I hope to have grandkids someday. What are they going to have? And I really just had that moment of, of realizing, um, I'll have no right to complain or be upset with where we are if I don't do anything. Right. If I just sit here and just look around and complain about what I see on the news or be upset at it even, but I don't take action, I have no right to be upset with where we end up. And, you know, that was kind of, I, I prayed multiple times while I was out there. And I remember constantly, I, I would look at the state of the country and I just remember saying, like, Lord, somebody has to do something about this. But honestly, I felt completely powerless to make any change. And I remember feeling that just powerlessness, like there's no way I can do anything. So like, I'm just going to pray that something happens. And I remember not, honestly, it was literally a few months after COVID lockdown, one of my friends reached out to me and she said, Hey, um, the, the, the state rep position is coming open. We have term limits in Oklahoma. So it, he's at his term limit. Would you consider running? And I said, absolutely not. You know, I was like, there's no way. And so she said, well, you know, the most dangerous word you may ever hear, well, would you just pray about it? And I was like, sure, I'll pray about it. But I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. And so, you know, I went home and told my wife and 
She's always encouraging. She's like, I think she's really considered that. <laughs> she did? Oh, yes. I didn't know that about Kristen. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Um, Not that she's not encouraging. Oh, no. Well, she told me, she goes, <laughs> she goes, I thought for years you'd be great in, in, in any elected office. And wow. I was like, no way. Because, I mean, if you knew me 15 years ago, which even maybe longer, maybe closer to 20, like I got nervous going through the drive-through to talk to the person to order at the window, <laughs> right? Like I was very introverted. So yeah. talk, like even yeah. the drive-through window at a fast food restaurant made me nervous. And so to imagine me speaking in front of crowds, being on a show like I am, like that would have terrified me. And so, I mean, I, I prayed for six weeks. And honestly, the hardest part of the whole process was having to come to terms that if I do this, I'll be away from my kids a good four months out of the year. They're going to, you know, my wife has to be a single mom for four months out of the year. And I had to really decide, is, is that a sacrifice worth making? And and through praying for it, you know, through all of that, uh, still scared me to death, but I had to trust the Lord say, I, I'm going to trust you even with my kids. And, and, and I'll, for the audience, I'm going to be very transparent and honest today because what I hope we walk away with is that you see are actually a regular person who doesn't have a life in politics, who hasn't, done all of this and run for office. I don't have a law degree. Um, I cared about our country and I wanted to see positive change happen. And I actually hope to see that happen all across this country at all levels, school boards, city councils, uh, state elected officials. And so um, I, I plan to be very transparent with the audience today. Well, I, I appreciate that. Let me just say something to the audience even right now. Uh, this is why I wanted uh, Representative Cody Maynard on in the first place. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the country return to our grassroots that our representatives are supposed to be real people that represent us, our best interests for our children, yep. our businesses, our homes, our schools. We have just gotten so far from the original intent of a Judeo-Christian government, that this is part of what God is doing. And I can attest that uh, Cody is an average person. I'm just blessed because he's such a numbers person that he's not some geek that I can't connect to. <laughs> that's right. Uh, because I've been a part of Cody's life for quite a few years. And uh, that's what I mean by I'm so proud of him, that uh, he just jumped in. And by the end of this program, and I pray that truth and liberty in this format gives you the courage to do something, not just pray. Right. We need to pray, absolutely. I've been doing that for four decades, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, but prayer without action is as dead as faith without action. And yeah. we need to quit looking for somebody else to step up and and you need to step up. Tell, right. tell us a little bit about that yes. because I know God's dealt with you about those kind of things, yes. about your actions. So I think probably the past two years to year and a half, it's been like a, a journey through the book of James. So yeah. the book of James is, you know, it's can be one of those harder books of the Bible, but it's very, he's very straight to the point of, you know, if you see somebody who's hungry or cold and you just pray for them or say, well, have your belly be filled and you walk off and don't do anything, those actions are useless. Uh, it doesn't actually help the person. And so, you know, even in that, like even in, in praying, you know, Pastor Jacob, your son, like he, one of the things he taught me was that prayer does not necessarily change. Like God doesn't change. Like he always right. has a heart to heal. He always has a heart. He always wants revival. Like he wants that all the time. But prayer is doing a lot of the time is changing us. 
even when, like pray for your enemies, that changes my, my heart towards my enemy, not God's. Uh, right. And so a lot of just what I hope to even get across to everybody today is just what can you do? Like what, what's the, what does faith in politics actually look like? Because faith looks like something. You know, I think of the story where the paralytic man, they cut a hole in the guy's house and, and lowered this paralytic man down in front of Jesus because they knew if they could just get him in front of him, he would heal him. And it says Jesus seeing their faith. Yes. He wasn't having a spiritual moment where he was seeing the unseen. Like they're seeing their faith was like, you just cut a hole in a guy's house. You know, like <laughs> that's faith because you better hope, if you just think it might happen, you're not going to chop a hole through someone's roof, right? right, right. And it's like, Faith looks like something. So even for me, so like, I'm not going to tell you if faith comes with all the feelings of I've got this and confidence and all those things. Faith, like there's times where like running for office, it, we're out knocking on doors. And, you know, it's a little different at a state level versus federal level. Um, but like I knocked on 2,000 doors and I probably knocked on some of them three times. And that's what like for me, I believe I'm called to run for office. Because I believe I'm called to run for office, I have to do the works that it takes that that faith demands of you. And so, like, I mean, there was days I was, it was 113 degrees. I remember getting out of my car and seeing the, the thing, the thermometer in my car is 113. And I'm knocked doors for eight hours that day. I remember about 2 p.m., I just drove back to the house and I chugged water and I passed out for about, <laughs> I went to a mini coma for about 15 minutes, took a nap, a power nap. And then I, I was like, I'm setting my alarm because yeah. I have to get back up and I have to go back out again. Yeah. And like, it doesn't feel good all the time. And I think I don't want people to confuse a faith with a feeling because it can have feelings, but a lot like love. You know, if you look at first Corinthians 13, it's a list of behaviors and actions like love is patient. It's kind doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's not primarily a feeling. And in a lot of ways, I think James is even saying in the book, he's like, faith is not just a feel like it's an action. Like if I were to tell you this building's on fire, if you don't run out, I know you don't believe me. Right. And so faith, it demands action. And so one of those things that I even have hopes for just in this country, you know, we've had a lot of words about a third grade awakening coming. And, you know, the word of the Lord, it never returns void. It will always accomplish the purpose it's sent for, but it will wait for the good ground to sprout in. And we are that ground. Like it's like God's going to wait on when his people are ready, he'll move. He works primarily with us and through us. Very rarely does he work outside of us. And that's where I want people to realize, like I went through, I was challenged by and Pastor Jacob. He's done a lot of spiritual mentorship of me. Um, of just one of the things I did, I took the Lord's Prayer, which I, I grew up in a religious background where we didn't pray like scripted prayers. And I, but it was, he was like, why don't you just pray the Lord's Prayer? Like, just pray it verbatim. And I saw I prayed it three times a day, every day for two years. And it's amazing, like what got in my heart was just the cry for like, God, I want to see your kingdom come and your will done. And those things, like even praying a scripted prayer over and over, like, okay, I don't feel it every day. I don't always feel like praying it is changing me. But two years later, I find that when I'm out knocking doors, I find myself repeating that scripture as I'm driving around town wow. of, of like, I'm praying over the community going like, it's not just, you know, give us this day our daily bread. I'm praying that over the community. I'm like, Lord, give this community its daily bread. Like everybody in this community has needs. And those things that um, I think is just a lot of Christians have discounted is how important it is to have Christian leaders in 
leadership positions in government. You know, Romans chapter 13, which I, you know, I, I've always struggled, you know, what's secular, what's, you know, ministry. Uh, but Romans chapter 13, it, it lays out, it says that, that the, all authority is delegated by God. And it names three times people that are in government, governmental positions. God calls them his servants. Uh-huh. So if you serve in any capacity in government, you're actually serving the Lord. Yeah, it actually and, says minister. Yeah, a minister. In, in some translations that they're ministers. It doesn't mean that they're all godly people, right? but God has ordained government structure, civil, civil structure to keep from anarchy and chaos yes. breaking out and us being able to live a peaceable life, yep. even in a, a dark world. Uh, but government itself is ordained by God, and those positions are ministers that I personally believe will stand and be held accountable to God for their ministry, just like I'm going to be held accountable to God for my ministry. Right. You know, James, it says, you know, don't all desire to be teachers because you're going to have a harsher judgment on you. I think the same goes for politicians, or at least I've found my words carry harsher judgments now than they used to. Yeah. Um, But I think just when we look at, you know, one of the verses that was pivotal to me, even as I was wrapping my head around of, Lord, what is it, what does my role look like of being in government? Um, and it was honestly at Christmas, you know, the standard Christmas verse is Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. It says unto us, a child is born, a son is given, but the next words it says, and the government will be on his shoulders. And that really hit me. I had that moment going like, at Jesus's prophetic announcement in the scripture. It was that the government would rest on him. And a, a verse later, it says, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. And uh, other scriptures talk about to pray for your leaders, that it will go well with you and that you can live peaceable and quiet lives. And to me that like when God's kingdom is present, we will all have peaceable and quiet lives. And if, if we're not experiencing that, then I think we know we need to make some adjustments and corrections. But uh, that's that's God's actual design for us is that government be orderly, to be to bring order, to protect people from from lawlessness and harm. And uh, that's where I just want to see everyday average Christians to feel the call and to go, you know, one of my, my things that I've kind of just come down to is if there's nobody, like if I'm looking at the field out there of who I have to vote for, and if there is nobody better than me, then maybe I should consider running because I always want to vote for somebody better than myself. And if there is no one, you might want to like ask the Lord, like, should I pick up the call? Is that a role I should fill? Because we need help in this country. Like, I'll tell you, I mean, we live in one of the most Republican states in this nation. And still, there's things that we can't get done here that I wish we could get done. I mean, this past year, and again, just being honest, we had a bill that we were running in our legislature in Oklahoma that was to ban drag queen performances in front of children, in front of minors. And we couldn't get the support in our legislature to get that on the floor for a vote. And that was a, that was a wake up call to me. You know, it really was to, to look at it and go, if we can't get that done here, you know, what are the obstacles in other states and in other places? Wow. Think about that, brothers and sisters. Uh, a lot of people just, even like I was a few, a few years ago, unaware of, of how far we have fallen from a a Judeo-Christian nation, from a government 
that that has godly virtue and 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 morals ingrained within our constitution the declaration of independence uh and there has to be this awakening uh of where we are not not to depress us no. uh not to discourage us not to give us something to murmur and complain about but we, we got to see where we are in order to get to where we need to be yep. and these things are continually even surprising me yeah. Uh, that here in a red state like Oklahoma, we can't get a bill passed uh, to ban drag queen. Think about this, brothers and sisters, drag queen performances in front of minors. You wouldn't have any of that in your home. We wouldn't have any of that in our churches, but we allow it in our schools. Something's not right. And there needs to be an awakening, not just to see the bad, but an awakening of the darkness to become the light yeah. that God's called us to be. And we need people to step up at every level. Uh, tell us some other things you've seen and experienced. Oh, I mean, uh, because again, that's amazing. Yeah. I'll share again. One of those other stories that shocked me is just an eye opener. You know, I'm sitting on the house floor and, and we have various bills coming up and people are debating for and against one of the bills that we were running was a bill that would put harsher penalties on uh, human traffickers, really, is the is you know, what we might call them a pimp or people that are taking women and forcing them into prostitution. So it was putting harsh penalties on that. And I literally, you know, listened to a Democrat stood up and they argued in favor of prostitution. And they said, why would we dare take away a woman's ability to earn a, <laughs> to earn a wage, to earn income? And I literally hit my desk mate. I was like, did, did I just hear them argue for prostitution on the floor? And it, it, yes, absolutely. And that blew my mind. So that, that really opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, we're really at this spot where, where we're going to say this is, this is an okay, valid form of income. And the weird part is the bill we're on, it's talking about people trafficking women into this. Yeah, think so, about that, brothers and sisters. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. That should, have, that should have passed with flying colors, and yet we have people arguing for a woman's <laughs> right to make a living as if we're bad people now saying, no, we don't want prostitution. We don't want human trafficking. It is a form of, of slavery. Yeah. People have a cardiac arrest if you bring up slavery, and yet that is a form of slavery, and we have people supporting that. Yeah. And, and there has to be loving opposition to that. I'm not talking about flame-throwing and right. mean-spirited and ungodly uh, darkness-facing uh, darkness, there has to be light. We have yep. to see people engage. And a lot of Christians today, I was this way years ago. I just didn't feel the need to engage. I felt like that wasn't my arena, especially even as a pastor. And uh, you and I both know of yep. entire churches that do not believe we should vote. Yep. And yet those same people, I guarantee you, are bemoaning, murmuring, and complaining. Yep belly aching about the condition of things where do you where do you find the balance in that yeah. and and what do you feel like the lord has shown you there to help yeah. encourage people I, I mean i would just say one of the things we have the best country that that i know that's ever existed like we have the ability as the citizens of this country that we can change the direction of it whenever we really want to and we can do it without war in in history it's taking war and bloodshed we have a system where we can, we have all have the right to vote, mm. and yet when you look at a non-presidential election years, we're usually around one eighth of the people are voting. A presidential election, if you get are up you to, talking about registered 
uh, uh, one, yes. voters or just one eight of the registered voters that I'm Regi aware. Think about so that. Like, one eight. We don't have a we don't have great participation in local yeah. races. If you go down to school board elections, it'll depress you if you look at those numbers. It's even less. But you know what's encouraging to me? We the way our government is set up, we can change the entire government in six years. So if you take federal House of Representatives turnover every two. Uh, senators every six and, and president every four. So within six years, we have the ability to completely change the direction of our country. Mm. And that's where my hope is today just to spur us on to hope of like we actually have like if there's only one eighth of the people voting, it doesn't take that much for us to move the needle if we get involved. I, I just get frustrated, godly <laughs> frustration knowing what you just said is so true that we can turn things around simply by engaging. But the division among us, uh, again, what I just said, uh, we know of churches, I know of churches that the entire church publicly talks about how Christians should not be involved in politics. Yeah. And I, 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 I get what they're trying to say. Uh, I've been misunderstood for years. Uh, I thought even for a while I hated politics. But politics is simply the natural power to change things and can be changed for good or bad. Yes. Uh, politics is just a civil contract that we have on how we're going to dwell together. How right. are we going to, to relate in our differences? Because uh, 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 Representative Cody uh, made a great point that you need to think about, brothers and sisters, because I see this on a national level right now. How are we going to resolve our differences? If we don't do it politically, historically, how are differences resolved? War. And none of us want war. Uh, all of us want peace, but peace comes with a price. And we can either pay that price with the blood of our children, or we can pay that price in a vote. Yep. Just vote our conscience. It does amaze me even when Christians do engage, how many vote absolutely contrary to their conscience, Contrary to biblical principle, uh, Exodus 18, yes. elaborate a little bit on that because yeah. Moses gave us the pattern. That's, yes. the, that, that's the pattern. What, yep. what do you see there? So Exodus chapter 18, verse 21. So Moses is having all the people bring problems to him. He's getting overwhelmed. His, his father-in-law comes and says, choose from among yourselves men who are, uh, that they love the Lord, that they're capable, that they're honest and hate bribes. If we took those four things alone, and we chose, you know, candidates from that, that again, they're honest, which that, that's a, we can talk on that one for a long, honest that they hate bribes because you will be offered bribes up there. Let me just tell you, when you're elected, there will be bribes that come your way. You have to hate those uh, that are capable. It doesn't say experienced. And this is what I, I want everybody to know. Like I wasn't experienced in politics. I was capable. Yes. Uh, the Lord will, he, you'll gain experience as you go through it. But we just need, if you're capable, you're qualified. And then to, that you fear the Lord. And this one is so critical. I've, uh, the fear of the Lord can be a hard topic to talk through. Um, I might say, who are you afraid to disappoint? Right? If we frame it in that standpoint, because whoever you're afraid to disappoint, if you want to know why you see politicians do things that, that, that baffle you, where you're like, I thought they were a great Christian that stood for these things. Why are they doing that? It's because they're afraid of disappointing a different group. And so who I ask that I, sometimes I have to ask myself that question every night when I go home in office of going, 
I felt fear today. Who am I afraid of? Amen. And, and to recalibrate my heart. Absolutely. There's a point, brothers and sisters, that we all have to come to grips with. Who are we going to fear? And if we don't fear the Lord, we will fear man. We will be ensnared with the fear of man. And an entire country can be ensnared with the wrong kind of fear. And God is bringing back, I believe, restoring not only back to his church the fear of the Lord, I believe that he's going to raise up politicians that fear God and not man, not the national media, not the opposing political parties. Uh, and on and on we could go. Well, again, I want to remind you, you can call us at 719-619-2341. We would love to take your questions and comments. Uh, we'll be back in 90 seconds. We are the antidote for what's happening in this world. But you need to see beyond the physical, and I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. God has a word for you, God has a plan for you, and God is raising up an army that knows how to fight the right fight the right way. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm with my good friend, State Representative Cody Maynard. And uh, man, he's making a huge difference. And I hope that you're hearing the Lord on how that we can all make a difference if we'll simply engage in our calling. Uh, all of us are called to be salt. All of us are called to be light. And we're called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We're not salt in the church and the church only and light in the church. We're supposed to be this light that shines in the world and there's all kinds of ways you can be a part of positive change. Uh, before we take any calls here, uh, Cody, what are what are some things you did? You talked yeah. about knocking on doors. Yes. Uh, what are some things people can do? I, I actually wrote in my my book Counterculture a whole chapter on what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Yep. Uh, can you give just some encouragement to again uh, good people, people yeah. of conscience? What can Absolutely. they do? Absolutely. I mean, right off the bat, very low-hanging fruit, things that aren't hard to do, is contact your representatives, your, whether it's federal, state. But I'll tell you, I, I read 1,000 bills in four months, right? So I'm voting on 1,000 bills. And if I heard from one person on a bill, I, I was getting feedback. If I heard from three, it was like, wow, we have an overwhelming response. 
for the most part, it was dead silent. And so like low hanging fruit, just to get involved is for the people who represent you to know what's important to you. Uh, that's number one. Some other stuff that, again, this is, this is what does faith look like, right? What's faith look like if I want to see positive change happen in the area of, of politics, things you can do. Like I needed a team of volunteers to help me get elected. I had about 20 people who are very committed and I love dearly that went out and they knocked doors with me in a hundred degree heat. You know, that's love right there. When, Amen. When you're out there and it's a hundred <laughs> Unconditional. Degrees, that's unconditional, you know, <laughs> but like, and luckily some of you live in States where it's not blazing hot all the time, but getting out knocking doors, if you're not afraid to talk to people and that's where you, you have to use what gifts you have. I had some very extroverted friends who loved it. So I'm like, come on, let's go knock on doors. Cause I'm introverted. I need, I need some of that energy. Yeah. Um, other things you can do. Some people, to be honest, they were like, I don't have time to do all that. It's like, well, then donate to a candidate, give them money so they can, they can help run for office. Uh, other things. I mean, I had people that just did phone calls for me that helped set up events. You know, you'd be amazed how much of just your brain power it can take up of like, I have five events coming up and I've got to get food there and, and get everything organized and reserve spaces. I mean, if you're a, an event coordinator, oh my gosh, what a blessing to a candidate like that. Like I had people yeah. that helped me set up events. So there's a lot of things that you can do just to put your hand to the plow if you don't feel called to run. That's because right. there's so many ways you can help support yeah. good people without having to run for office yourself. Yeah, that's so important that you understand that you can contribute to change at, at multiple levels without having to physically run, you could be a blessing. And those things are vital uh, and, and necessary. One of the things that I've had to teach in our structure and in our ministry is it's not my responsibility as a pastor to get you elected. It's your responsibility to build your team and to, and to get elected. It's my responsibility to pray for you. It's my responsibility to hold you accountable uh, to at least some type of moral compass because I'm not going to get everything I want for sure. Uh, and and I've had state reps, uh, uh, U.S. representatives and, and senators that did not vote the way I wanted them to vote, but I didn't have all the information. They represent me the best they can, and they're not perfect any more than I'm perfect. Right. But we need to start electing people with a conscience, electing people that fear God, et cetera, et cetera, like we've already talked about. Well, let's take a, a quick call here. Uh, we've got Donna. Uh, from Texas, the 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 place that God dwells, Texas. Uh, thank you for calling, Donna. Uh, what okay, is your question, now please? I have now I have two questions because I was just listening to Cody. Um, the first one is kind of like a question comment. I read today that somewhere in California that this is the second school district that voted that parents have to be told before anything is done to their children with transgender. And that kind of amazed me because California is so far out there. Uh, absolutely. So I'm just wondering if that, if that was true. And the second question is these bills <laughs> you were talking about that you have so many bills to read and nobody ever calls you on them. Well, how do we find out what the bills are? I mean, how do I find out what yeah. bills they're voting on here? Great questions. So, I mean, and there's a lot coming really fast. I mean, number one, you have to pick a, there's a few news outlets that cover like upcoming bills pretty well. I, I'm not sure if I can answer for every area. 
I use some of the more local ones, one of them in Oklahoma, uh, which I don't want to name media sources, but um, there are, like, honestly, Twitter is actually a really good spot. There's a few people that I follow on Twitter that they will post regularly. But, you know, one of the things that I've done as a state representative is I actually put out a weekly press release. So one of the things I, I've done for my district is every week I put out a press release about major important stuff going on. So that's one of the ways I've tried to resource my people. Um, I would also, you know, depending on how much time you have, because these things take a lot of time. That's why I would say, number one, you got to elect people that you trust, because there's a lot even for me, and I'm up there full time. Uh, it's almost, a, you know, a full time job for anybody to follow everything. But, you know, if oh. you watch, um, you know, if you can reach out to even your representative, that's what I would ask. Number one is go look up who's my representatives from, from my area I live in, and you can call the Capitol and contact their staff and say, hey, how can I stay informed of upcoming bills and legislation? Oh, and usually they will have some way. Absolutely, and, and that, that's how I got started too, was getting to know some of my state and U.S. representatives, uh, because that's, again, what they're there for. I don't have the time to go over all these bills. I don't have the time to even read them, look at them, uh, even pray over them. But I have the time to pray over Cody, who I trust, and he's representing my district. He literally represents my 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 district, uh, Marshall County, Bryan mm -hmm. County and Marshall County. Man, I tell you, I, I feel so blessed of God with the name Sheriff, and I live <laughs> in Marshall County. I mean, man, that's authority that, right there, buddy. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, as a matter of fact, Let's segue into that. Uh, how do you how do you see authority and, yeah. and helping people? Because that's what you're saying. These people are an authority. He's an authority in my life. He's my representative on a state level. Uh, tell us a little bit about authority and how you see that. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I've been just going through the, the honestly the journey in my life of really learning and understanding godly authority because you know, go back to this Romans chapter 13 he talks a lot about like all authority is delegated by God and so like when you go against government officials or governments like you're actually rebelling against what God set up and I'm I know we need, need to balance that out there can be ungodly governments and there can be discussions on that but uh, if we understood godly authority I think it would totally change how Christians approached politics or approached government because one of the few times in the Bible, I, th I can think of maybe two where Jesus marveled, maybe not the exact word, but one of them was he had a Roman centurion. So this is a person in a military position, right? And he said, I'm a man under authority. And when I say to someone, go, they go and come, they come. He said, so are you. So just say the word. And Jesus, like he, you know, he marveled at the guys. He called it his faith. That was faith, understanding authority. And so those are those things of if we want to really see God's kingdom come, you know, a, a kingdom, I, I know we, we get used to Christian words all the time, but a kingdom, that is a government. That is what a kingdom is. It defines a political region and who owns the region. That's a kingdom. Jesus can't, now his kingdom doesn't look like other kingdoms, but he came to bring his authority. We, you know, I've prayed every day, your kingdom come and your will be done. If I wanted to swap it out to today's terms, let's say, like, may your policies be executed. You know, like when we think 
We get executive orders done all the time. Jesus has executive orders. He's laid them out. You know, like love your neighbor as yourself. That's like an executive order. It's not a suggestion. You know, we're called to love. You know, one of the few things that you're permitted to, to be in debt to no one except that you love them. That wasn't a suggestion. Uh, he, he says some hard things sometimes. So pray for your enemies. Yeah. He wasn't. That's a suggestion. But all this comes back to recognizing authority. You know, even I've, I've had to pray for people that were against me in this process. Like the Lord took me through that process of praying for people that were, were opposed to me, were running against me, doing other things. And through that process, I honestly feel like those are those places where you step into alignment with God's kingdom mm -hmm. because it's not my job to you know, try to make it right or, or you know, sometimes you want justice, if you want to call it that, but you want yeah. to execute justice your way. And like we always have to step that back to where where's God's kingdom? And what does it look like for me to be under his authority and to, to say, like, he'll take care of that. Like, I, I have a just judge because I know we don't always experience just judges in this country. And that's I a whole other that. topic. That's a whole other thing. You know, if we look at our Constitution, <laughs> it's the shortest section of our Constitution because there's quotes from the founders. They said, literally, it's the weakest part. There's no threat to the people from, right. from that area. And we're watching that flip over. But God is not like that. He is a just judge. He will not rule unjustly. And so... When I look at just godly authority, if, if you were just to take a moment, and I like to apply hope, imagine what the country would look like when you have all of your elected officials truly seeking God's will and subjecting themselves to him. You know, Jesus was the perfect model. He said, I do nothing except I see the Father do it. I don't say anything except I see him say it. That's what it looks like to walk in authority. And when you're in that place, the result is peace of your government and peace. There's not going to be any end. And I think, you know, I've seen, I've knocked doors and I've talked to people that don't vote and they've confessed it. Like, I don't vote. It's, it's a, you know what? My vote doesn't matter. That's what I hear. My vote doesn't matter. And honestly, when you kind of peel it all back, they're just discouraged. Absolutely. They feel like there's, there's no point. There's no hope. Why bother? And, and I'll tell you from my personal experience, I didn't know how much a vote mattered until I ran for office. Mm. And, you know, when my election, it was close. In, in my in mine's between two Republicans, right? So I had a primary, which was a very tough race, and I won by 68 votes. When you think about that, I was calling everybody in my phone book and saying, please go <laughs> vote today. And so like, if you think your vote doesn't matter, yeah. it really does. And when we line that up with, you know, like I said, Exodus, are we choosing people that are capable, honest, fear the Lord and hate bribes? Uh, when we try to line all of that up with, are we going to see his kingdom come through these decisions? Are we going to see his authority in place on the earth? Um, I think we, we can have hope. We don't, we don't have to be discouraged and think that uh, the country is lost because it's not. And that's what I, I just want to tell people. The country, it is not too late. We have not reached the point of right. no return. And, and we will reach it. If we don't vote, a, a non-vote is a vote for darkness, a vote for evil. When good people do not do the right thing, evil prevails. Government is ordained by God, but not everybody in government is a godly person. And I remember, Cody, uh, years ago, one of the arguments that I had to deal with as a pastor was, well, you can't, you can't mandate morality. 
uh, as if I'm voting to, again, impose uh, my moral convictions on people, uh, thinking even that politics can change someone's heart. But what the Lord showed me was if, 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 if voting and we don't impose in the sense of legislation, moral boundaries, uh, godly virtues, uh, then ungodly people will mandate immorality. And that's what we're seeing now because people bought the lie. We can't mandate morality, so it doesn't yep. matter. Well, now we're seeing people mandate immorality. Yes, Our laws are actually turning against us now instead of ordained by God to be for us as the people of God. Let me just read this scripture right quick, and, and, and you can jump in here sure. uh, and, and, and comment on this. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. I mean, that's profound. And again, we could spend hours teaching uh, in a balance, what's he saying? How do I apply that? I know that uh, he's not saying I submit to every ordinance, every law of man that violates my conscience. There are other scriptures that talk about the rule of conscience. Uh, And if I'm commanded by man and obeying man, makes me disobey God, then I'm under no, I'm under no commandment by God to obey man if obeying man disobeys God. So those are some of the boundaries and qualifiers, but the bottom line is we're supposed to submit to every ordinance of man if it doesn't violate conscience or clear scripture. Why would we think then we don't want to put people in office (laughs) that would mandate ordinances that would be to our praise because we're going to do good and punish evildoers. Right. Government is either going to restrain evil or be a refuge for evil. Yes. And, you know, when you, I, I can't tell you how many times I have heard you can't legislate morality. And I, I understand, I think, the heart of most people who say that. They mean, like, when you pass a law, you can't change somebody's heart with it. Correct. And I totally agree with that. Correct. But that's not the context I usually get told that in. That's right. I get told it on a bill that they don't agree with, like the drag queen <laughs> bill. You can't legislate morality. And I always come back, I'm like, every bill we pass up here is what someone thinks is right. That's like, right. We don't pass this. Nobody's up there like, I'm not going to vote yes on a bill that I think is wrong or violates somebody in some way. So we're all, every law we have is someone's morality. It's someone's version of right and wrong. Like, I, I hear people say that. I'm like, well, do you think murder is okay? Because if your answer is no, we have a law on the books because you think it's wrong. Like we legislate morality all the time. That's right. And I hope we keep doing it. If we don't, we will lose our country. Amen. And again, if if we don't legislate things rooted in some moral boundary, some moral foundation, then then we're gonna wind up legislating immorality. And that's what we're seeing throughout the country. That literally laws are being turned against those that wanna do good and is offering a refuge for those that want to do evil. And, and that has to change. That has yep. to change at, at some level. So where, where are you at in uh, your growth in the things you've seen? What, yeah. what has changed yeah. in your perspective 
since you were elected because I'm believing for more people that are real people to get elected that aren't professional politicians. Uh, because again, I came to the place in my own life that I, I don't hate politics. I hate the politics of politics. <laughs> right. I hate the offenses. Yes. I hate the, and, and my heart goes out to you and others. You guys are in a dogfight every day having to guard your heart yep. because you're attacked. I, I thought I was attacked a lot, and, and I am. I think all ministers yep. are to a measure, but I think politicians that are trying to do the right thing today, I mean, they're, they're faced with jail time now. Yep. If you just want to do the right thing and stand in opposition to the wrong thing. So yeah. what are some things there that's I happening? mean. You know, things that may, may surprise some, may not, may not surprise other people. But like within four weeks of being in office, I got my first threat on my family. And those were those moments where like, this got real really fast, you know. And I got that, I got a threat on, on my family with my home address sent out, you know, all the, all the stuff um, saying that we know where you live kind of all deal. Right, stop a minute. I think that's why a lot of people don't want to run for <laughs> office. Uh, the persecution. Yeah. The opposition. And... You need to pray about this because all they that live godly, Paul told a young pastor, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We, we have, have dodged persecution, prosecution, and execution that our forefathers faced, and today that's resurfacing. And so you do need to be prepared. And so what? how did you handle that? Well, How did I mean, you handle that? I mean, I obviously I called my wife very calmly. Said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, but we've got we've already got the state troopers on it, like sheriffs are on it. But just kind of let her know. And she, you know, she had some friends come over and check the house, make sure everything was safe. But you know, in that, you have to be ready to guard your heart. And this is those things that you know, Satan's tools are not new. He immediately tries to offend us at people, uh, at groups. And when you're when you're doing anything in office, whether you are doing something at the local level, uh, national level, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're going to have plenty of moments where you have chances to get offended at people, and not just that. Like you know, I'm voting on bills. You'll see people that I trusted them, and they voted against this. And why did they do that? Why did they go against things we were supporting? And you just have to be. You know, I had to had a few nights where I went home pretty upset over some things that happened at the Capitol. And I had to go sit with the Lord and get and eat my own words because I remember yeah. talking to some of my friends going, we have to keep our hearts right up here. And then now it's my turn of going, <laughs> I, I need to keep my own heart right. And that's what I just encourage. I see people so quick to offense uh, nowadays that, you know, if you look at social media for five minutes, probably even 30 seconds, um, it's it's not it's just a big old offense bucket. You know, it's where <laughs> one offense after another, we've lost the ability to have uh, disagreement and still love one another, yeah. you know, and that's where I, I love when I can get people off the screen and in front of me. Cause I'm like, let's talk about the disagreement because, right. um, you know, my goal is always that you may disagree with me, but you're going to have a hard time not liking me because, <laughs> because I'm going to do my very best to love you. And Amen. as I've been, I would encourage anybody who does anything, any level of politics, whether you're just a volunteer uh, you know, I have office staff that help me, which they are, my office staff is amazing. But it, you just have to be ready to to forgive, be quick to forgive, and you've got to walk in love. And Amen. and I mean, that's our call, anyways, right? We're always called to walk in love. But 
this is again faith in Paul. Like, what's faith look like? I'm going to have to choose to to love someone. Yeah. This is like I have faith that, that God will give me everything I need when I need it, and sometimes I need forgiveness. Not mm-hmm. even just for sometimes for myself. Right. And I would encourage you know everybody. You're not looking for a perfect politician. There are none. Let me promise you, I've been up there. There are none. Right. Uh, but what you're looking for is a good one. And one that, like I said, they're capable, they're honest, they fear the Lord, and they hate bribes. If you have those things, like you'll have a good person representing you. Because I'll tell you, I voted on a bunch of bills. There's times where I look back and go, I don't even think I agree with my vote on that. (laughs) And if any of you, I think if you're honest, if you look back on even decisions you've made in your own life, there's going to be a handful of those you're going, I probably shouldn't have made that choice. That wasn't a good call. If we can't agree with ourselves and what we do 100% of the time, we don't need to put that same expectation on right. anybody else. Absolutely. But we have to be quick to forgive, but don't be so dismissive that we don't overlook important. There are, you get to a point where like, all right, you really aren't representing our values. But right. for the most part, a lot of people, we have very good people representing yeah. us. I had a, a lead elder teach me years ago uh, and, and we have these same issues in the church. Uh, we, we we forgot how to disagree agreeably. Yes. We forgot how to be, we forgot how to be kind, uh, patient. Uh, and anyway, this elder taught me uh, years ago uh, that you make the best decision at the moment with the information you have. Yep. And and I've I've lived that, and I can truthfully tell you, as a as a politician and a minister to a politician. Uh, I've made decisions based on the information I had, and the information I had, I made the right decision. But then later, more information came, and that additional information even changed me on how I would have handled it had I known that. And so this is a part of the human condition that we're losing in politics that God wants to recover. Let me give this number again. I'm going to come back to you. Uh, You didn't dodge the question. But I, I want to dig a, a little deeper, dive a little deeper, and, and share a quick testimony. Uh, area code 719, we'd love to hear from you. This is an opportunity to, to ask a question to a normal person. <laughs> this is like an anomaly that we have a normal person that's a politician. You even have a normal person that's a pastor. This is, this is rare. Uh, 719 719-619-2341. 619-2341. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. I've only had my life uh, threatened uh, and my children a couple of times. Uh, I did have, and this is why there has to be this great awakening. Oh. Uh, this is an amazing story. You're you're a, a very nice young man, uh, and yet you've already had your family threatened yep. uh, in four weeks of being in, in politics, I did a pastor's conference with, with our beloved Andrew Walmack, and we literally had the governor put out a warrant for wow. his and our CEO's arrest, and me knowing I'm going to fill the pulpit if they <laughs> drag him out in cuffs yep. uh, and be arrested myself. And I didn't want that on my my resume. Right. Uh, nobody wants to be arrested. Nobody wants to go to jail. But there's a point, brothers and sisters, are we just going to sit back and let everything absolutely collapse? Or are we going to pray and really hear God? What am I to do? 
I know with my children, they didn't find out about that till they were adults. We actually moved. We had to move our children to different houses in the in the in the church, uh, and we was was basically told them we're we're camping out at at members' houses and just having yeah. fun. Uh, and then later, of course, they they knew what had happened. Uh, but but how how did you specifically deal with it? I I'd yeah. like to know personally. Yeah. How did you pray? If you feel comfortable sure. to to answer that, how did you deal with it with your family? What did you say? Yeah. What didn't you say? And why? Yeah, I mean, number one, I had to take the moment of you have that slight moment of fear, right? Because I'm at Oklahoma City, my family's two and a half hours away. There's nothing I can do physically to help them. And you know, I mean, first thing I did was obviously I I I called the police, reported it, called my wife, and you know, we have to have number one community. Community is so important. We had. A dear friend of mine, he came over there and he swept the house so before my wife even and kids came home. Swept the house, you know, they made sure everything was safe. Um, and honestly, I, I had to, I was sitting in my, my home at the Capitol that night and I was just, I literally had one of those moments where I had to go, like, my family is in your care, Lord. Like, there's nothing I can do and I have to trust you with my family. And um, those are hard moments, but... At the same time, I just had to come down to, you know, what I, what any of us go through is nothing compared to what the forefathers went through, right? Like when they signed the Declaration of Independence, Amen. they signed their death warrant. And, they did. And most of them got killed. They I did. Mean, and so, they did. honestly, I, I did literally have that moment going, even, even our veterans, like the things that they've sacrificed for our country, I'm like a threat is not is nowhere close yet to any real sacrifice. Amen. And I'm thankful it came to nothing. You know, at the end, it came to nothing, and I'm very thankful for that. I, I just think there has to be a wake-up call. We're talking about a local uh, state representative, and, and I know him personally, and he didn't, I guarantee he didn't do anything to initiate this other than probably what was right. That's the world we're living in right now and the culture we got to see this changed. We'd love to hear from you, 719-619-2341. We'll be right back in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. 
everybody. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm so excited about this platform and what God is making available to us to help encourage us, inform us, and hopefully engage us in being salt, the salt of the earth, in being light, the light of the world. Let me give you that number again if you'd like to call with your question or comment, 719-619-2341. You know, I'm just curious, uh, what, what was it that you did that, that, that triggered somebody? Oh. Because uh, people need to be aware of what we're facing. You know, when I think about that pastor's conference, what did we do to trigger a warrant for our arrest and what we did, brothers and sisters, was a pastor's conference with hundreds of pastors to help equip them to be a blessing to their congregations, a blessing to their communities. We were assembling together as God has commanded us to do. We were equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. We were doing good, and yet it triggered that kind of response. It's not going to get better until we do something in love and change the culture. What was it that triggered the whole thing, if you don't mind Absolutely. Sharing? So, I mean, we were running a bill that would ban transgender surgeries on minors. So anyone under 18, I co-authored the bill. That was the trigger for it because um, they, I mean, they lost their minds that we were trying to do that. But it's just that we're trying to protect children. This is bodily mutilation of children. And in Oklahoma, we're simply trying to put a law in place that says those surgeries aren't allowed until you're an adult. Now, that and that was it. Once you're an adult, like we weren't putting any requirements Absolutely. on Absolutely. But it's funny, you know, a child at 12, 10 years old can determine their gender, uh, have, have surgery, med a medical surgery of the re removing of their private parts but they can't drive a car. They can't drive a car. They can't own a gun. They can't join the military. This is crazy, but that is the point. Yeah. That yeah. it doesn't get any clearer than that. It doesn't get any simpler than that. But what that's supposed to do, brothers and sisters, is wake us up that this threat of evil and insanity is real. And if we can't protect our children from medical surgery, that ruins their, their life for the rest of their life. It can't be reversed. It, this is amazing to me. And yet you, you co-sponsor a bill just simply to say minors cannot have this operation. You turn 18, I, I get it. You, 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 you can do whatever you want to do, and, and maybe yeah. we can't stop certain things like that, like we can't stop people from drinking, uh, taking drugs, but we can protect children. How can we? How can we backslide this far? Um, and that, I mean, it's crazy. Like you can't, we don't even think you can vote. Like you're not wise enough to vote. We yeah, don't let they you can't vote. Vote. Um, you know, if you look at just studies, your brain doesn't even finish fully developing until you're around 24, 25. Hey, I just want. <laughs> I just want to affirm that is true. I raised four children, and I'm telling you, their brains do not mature and evolve until 40. <laughs> and just to, I'm just going to clear it up. The question, one of the questions I got the most running for office was, they said I was too young to run for office. I'm 37. I'm legally old enough to run for president, right? Amen. Um, the, some of the people running against me were younger than I was. I literally, I, I was knocking doors one day, 
And I knock on this lady's door and she, she just looks at me and she goes, how old are you? And I said, I'm 30, at the time I was 36, I said, I'm 36 years old. And she goes, don't you lie to me. And she slammed the door in my face. Oh. And I was, I was like, I'll show you my license. Like I really, I promise you, Amen. I'm not lying to you. Uh, but those are those things like, you know, you've raised kids. It's like, there's a point, like your, your brain is not fully developed. And we, I went and pulled the studies. Like, I mean, we have Switzerland, we have whole countries that have banned yeah. and stopped doing these procedures. Yes. And I mean, I pulled the studies and they were saying there are no long-term studies in and place. And that's not true. To, to put out the outcome, like to say what the outcomes are. Yeah. And even some of the studies I read, they were admitting, we don't know what the long-term effect of this will be. And so, you know, those are those things of, of people, they were, anyways, they were literally losing their minds at us for wanting to ban this. And they're, they're touting, follow the science. I'm like, here's the science. And it says. Follow the science and they can't tell you what a woman is biologically. <laughs> yes. And on and on we could go. Yep. It's just, it's just amazing. And, and brothers and sisters, Christians are voting for people who think like this and that want to not only allow a, a minor to mutilate their bodies, they don't want them to tell their parents. They're trying to separate our kids from their parents. And, and one of the promises of God is children obey your, your, your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother and things will go well for you and you'll live long on the earth. We are literally seeing a emergence of people that want to separate children from their parents. That's a sign of, of, of Marxism and communism. You have to separate the kids from the parents and indoctrinate them and that's how you bring a country down. Yep. It's one of the the, the tenets of, of of literally Marxism and communism. And we got people, good people, Christian people, voting for people like that and saying it doesn't matter yep. and that our vote doesn't matter. Tell me our vote doesn't matter when we have elected people that want to hurt our children like this, separate them from their parents. These are not conspiracy theories like we've been accused of and I've been accused of. This is real truth. This is truth and liberty. You turned into truth and liberty, brothers and sisters, and we're telling you the truth that this kind of stuff, this madness has to stop and it can stop politically. Yeah, we can, can. we can stop it politically if we'll hear God and do the right thing. Uh, let me go ahead and take a couple of calls. Uh, Frank from Missouri, appreciate you calling in, Frank. Uh, what's your question, please, for our great state representative, Cody? No, how y'all doing? Yeah, that's uh, I'm been listening, and uh, I just want to ask, how uh, does he? Uh, how do you? Uh, 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 I'm being distracted. A you can do it, Frank. You can do uh, it. Come all on. All right. How do you? How do you uh, make a? <laughs> No, somebody just walked in and they were doing something for me, and I've been really, really busy today. Sorry. Anyhow, no worries. Uh, What's your question? Uh, the question is how uh, how do you make uh, your uh, uh, profession of faith in Jesus uh, public? Or, or let me narrow that question down. When is the last time that you uh, made a, a public uh, confession of your faith in Christ before your constituents there in uh, Oklahoma? Beautiful. Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I just had a fundraising dinner probably a week ago. You know, 
whenever we're in front of people, it just kind of comes up in conversation, honestly. It doesn't have to be anything weird or you have to be out there. Like my goal is not to profess my faith per se, but my goal is that my faith is worked into everything that I do. And I, I'll tell people, you know, if they ask me, like, how do you make decisions up there? I make them based upon the Bible. Amen. Like if it if it violates scripture, the law's out. We're not doing it. Like, and, the, and that's how, you know, when I've introduced myself to people, when I'm campaigning, I, you know, I'll tell them, because they kind of want, I'm a Republican, because that's the first question. It's like, are you Democrat or Republican? So I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. And, you know, through conversation, I'll, I'll explain to them, like, the Bible is my framework for deciding what is right and wrong. I don't come up with it on my own. And, you know, even just making the profession that the that our Constitution was founded on biblical right. principles. You make that's a that's a profession of faith yourself. Because when I say I support the Constitution, which I do, by the way, I was one of the top-rated politicians in our government for being a constitutional Republican. I got that rating. I, I missed a hundred by five points. He had a ninety-five, so I can do better. But, I'll be praying for you, Cody. You got to get to hundred. I've got to step it up. <laughs> um, but it, it is like if you come out and even just support our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, that alone is going to make a lot of people upset yep. because it says very clearly that, that your rights, they're inalienable and they were given to you by your creator, not by government. Right. And so when you back up those documents, I mean, here comes your profession of faith right there that that guess what, government, you don't give me my I think, rights. I think the lines are, are, are being clearer and drawn clearer and clearer who, who is a Christian, a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, a, a Bible-believing, Bible-governed human being is a Christian, and those lines are getting clearer and clearer just by what you just said, the minute you say you believe in the Declaration of the Independence and the Constitution and that our rights come from God and not yep. government, everybody knows you're a Christian yeah. uh, in, this, in this current climate. Uh, one of the questions, uh, Cody, that, that came in was, how did you raise finances for your campaign? Can sure. you address that briefly? Absolutely. So for me, my, my campaign was very grassroots. So I, honestly, I started off, I called together a group of about 30 or 40 of my closest friends. I, I let them know. But honestly, we, we started off with a prayer meeting. It was a whole prayer meeting where we prayed over it. Um, but from there, uh, what we did was, number one, I had some of them host a fundraising event in their home for me. So, I mean, and it didn't have to be anything big. Sometimes they would invite 10 friends to come hear me talk. And through that process, it's it's they would even stand up. If you want to help support Cody, if you want to help support my friend, you know, here's how you donate. And I'll just tell you, it's been a growing process for me. Asking for money is very hard. It's one of those. I still struggle <laughs> with that as a minister. It, it's just. <laughs> so I get it. it. It's a hard process because, um, you know, th there are some people out there that are just wealthy and they can they can pay their own campaign. I was not one of those people. So Man. it was literally me going like, Lord, I'm going to have to believe for, I mean, when we started out, like, I have to believe for $100,000. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I didn't get I didn't get a hundred thousand dollars, but God made it go far enough. And it was still that that thing of, but it was it was um, a lot of in home events. It had to be me getting. You have not because you asked not, and sometimes you don't have it because you ask amiss, right? You ask wrong. Yeah. But I had to get to that spot to go. You know what? I have to believe number one. I'm good crown. I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to run off with the money. I'm not going to use it inappropriately. And I'm going to get up there and I'm going to represent my district to the best of my ability. So when I ask for their money, I'm not taking anything from them. I'm giving them the opportunity to have somebody that they trust in office. Is there is there a a, a point of wisdom on on people giving to campaigns? And how do you know that the money really goes to the person? Like if you give yeah. to the party, sometimes you're not sure it really gets to the person even. Yeah. So was there direct giving to the campaign? That's a great question. Giving to the Republican Party? So here's, here's what I would tell you is if you want it to go to a, a candidate, you have to give directly to the candidate. Um, at least in Oklahoma, like I received no money from the Republican Party in Oklahoma. So all giving was, it had to be given directly to me. I had no other sources of money. Um, you can give to the Republican Party and, you know, the national and various areas, um, but that doesn't guarantee how it gets used. So I, I would say if you have somebody that you want to support, find their website, go on Facebook, find out their, however they have set up to have giving, but you need to give directly to the person you're looking to support. Uh, and then the other question was, how do I know how it's being used? So I cannot speak for every state. Every state has their own laws. In Oklahoma, we have what's called the Ethics Commission, and they oversee all of our elections. I have to report every dime of where it goes, who gave it to me, and then I have to report how I used it. And so I do quarterly reports, so anybody at any time can go on, can log in online. They can look at my name on the Ethics Commission site, and they can download my report that shows how much money's sitting in my account right now and how I used it. Well, that's total transparency, and we've got to get back to that. It just it keeps everybody accountable yes. uh, in a good way. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and take Leo's call from, from California. Thank you so much for calling in, Leo. Uh, yeah. What's your question for our state representative, Cody Maynard? Yeah, my question is, uh, how do you interpret uh, Borgen spirit? How do we interpret what? Born again in the spirit. Yeah, born again in the spirit. Yeah, the, uh, John chapter 3 is the simple answer to that, where Jesus literally taught what does it mean to be born again. Uh, being born again is not of the flesh. Jesus said that which is flesh is flesh, and flesh can only reproduce flesh. And so he said being born again in John chapter 3 was the recreation of the human spirit, that that which is spirit is spirit. So when we believe, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess him as Lord of our lives, in Oklahoma we call that boss, he's the boss, then we go through this miracle of being born again. Ezekiel talked about it. Jeremiah talked about it, how that God will take away our stony, hard hearts, because without God, we all become hard-hearted. And so the prophets said God would take away the stony heart. He would give us a heart of flesh, a pliable, uh, tender heart, uh, and that he would give us his spirit. So when you get born again, you get a brand new spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says you become a new creation created in Christ Jesus now, and that's your spirit part of you that literally gets changed supernaturally, instantly, 
When you believe in Jesus, when you call upon the name of the Lord, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, when you call upon that name, the name of Jesus, you literally in one third of you get born again in your spirit. You literally are united to the very spirit of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, so the process of the Christian life is it starts with a born-again spirit, believing who Jesus is, what he did on the cross, confessing him as Lord. Then the transformation comes through the renewing of your mind, that's your soul, your will, your emotions, and then our bodies actually reflect what our soul and our spirit agree on. So that's kind of that's kind of the the basic overview. Uh, is there anything you want to add to that, or you I, think that would help you? Me? I'm gonna leave you on the theology. You're gonna leave side. me on the born again part. <laughs> well, I hope that helps, Leo. Was there was there any other questions? Yeah. How did it happen to, and connect your born again born again spirit? How it just it happen? happened. How did it happen? Yeah. It just happens supernaturally. It's God's plan for man. It's God's way of bringing us back to him and reconciling us back to him through this man, Jesus Christ. And so it's just faith. It's faith in who Jesus is, the son of God. It's faith in what he did. He went to the cross. It's faith that he bore my sins on the cross died in my place, was buried, and on the third day he rose again. If you believe that, now you simply confess him as Lord, and it is a miracle that happens on the inside. Sometimes you can feel it, sometimes you don't feel it, uh, but it's real if you believe what I just said and confess him as Lord, and then the Lord begins to work from the inside out in your life. And so I, I hope that helps you. I don't know if you're a Christian, Leo, or if you're just searching, but I, I pray that uh, you come to know Jesus. Uh, he's wonderful, and, and I hope this helps. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, let's go to our next call, uh, Mike from, from Illinois. Uh, thank you so much for calling, Mike. Uh, what's your question, either for myself or our esteemed state representative, Cody Maynard? <laughs> Hello. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you for the show. I'm actually learning a lot because uh, I am one of the many uh, disenfranchised voters of America. Amen. And, thank um, you for calling. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, just get this clear. Uh, uh, Cody, Representative Cody, you said that um qualities of a good leader are uh, fear the Lord, um, be honest and capable, and hate bribes. And Absolutely. Perfect. Yes. Good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You so, got it. And the um, scripture reference for you. Yeah. The scripture reference mm -hmm. is Exodus 18, 21. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, I uh, uh, Jethro, his father-in-law, right? Yes, yes. And let me just encourage you, my friend, and and the country at large is feeling totally disenfranchised. Somebody asked me the other day, again, why do I believe there was fraud and election interference in the 2020 uh, election? Well, let me just ask you a simple question. Are they interfering now? Are they absolutely covering things up in the White House? If you can't see the cover-ups and the bribes, 
I don't know what to tell you. If you can't see the attack on a political opponent, which is weaponizing the government, which is the beginning of the end of the republic, then I don't know what it's going to take to wake everybody up, but I believe a great awakening is coming. And let me just speak to all of those that are disenfranchised. What options do we have? There's people again say, well, what use is it for me to vote? Well, I can tell you this. If we don't vote, what we see now, the weaponizing of government, the police state, if you think for one minute that they're going to stop at Trump, then you're more deceived than, than you're aware of, because this isn't even about Trump. This is about coming after anyone who disagrees with an agenda that is anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-church, anti-conservative, and on and on I can go. And so our votes do matter. And as a matter of fact, until this fraud is cleaned up, and that's one of the reasons we need to elect good people, we've got to clean up the system. Because I guarantee you there are millions of disenfranchised voters right now. But if we don't vote, it's going to get worse. Yeah. And we have to vote now to, to, to have more numbers to out, out, outweigh the, the fraud and the interference. And so just be encouraged in the Lord and know that faith without works is dead. That means actions. It's not talking about legalism. Yeah. That to say our vote doesn't count is to say that my faith in action doesn't count. And what God can do with our faith in action can be a lot more than just the physical vote itself. Yep. So please be encouraged. I know you probably got something to say about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would just say, number one, there's a bunch of people that have been in your shoes where you felt disenfranchised and you didn't vote. But one of the things I tell my kids is if we don't try, you lose automatically. Yes. You, you forfeit the game if you don't even try. That's right. But if you vote, if you try, if you put out any effort, you now have a chance. And those are the, God can do a lot with a little. Yes, and that's he where can. I encourage everybody, you know, my campaign, I was outspent three to three to one that I know of. Now, now think about that. Listen carefully here because God's calling some of you. I guarantee you. Go ahead. Say that again. So when, when it comes to money spent on a campaign, I was outspent $3 for every $1 of mine. I was the underdog. Most people, when I was running, they're like, who is Cody Maynard? Like, who is this person? And uh, that's right. I just would want to encourage you. God can do a lot with very, very little. He just needs somebody that will say yes. And that's Amen. been my, my journey. My biggest journey, honestly, has been saying yes. I'll tell you, I had one moment where I was, when I was praying about running for office, I was driving in my car. And I remember I just said to the Lord, like, Lord, I just want more of you. You know, like, I want to know you more. I was just, and I just had this thought hit me. You know, it was, I believe it was the Lord, but that it just, I had this thought hit me that, you know, all of me that you're going to know inside your comfort zone. It's like, you've explored every corner of that comfort zone and there's more of me, but you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. Amen. And, you know, the book of James, he, he talks about endurance. Like, like you have to go through the process of endurance. And when you do that, it'll actually perfect you. But I don't know if any of you have ever run a marathon. You have to push past your endurance point to expand your endurance. That's exactly right. And when, that's where I would come. Take one step. I mean, if, like, if it's outside your comfort zone, that's fine. Take one small one. You don't have to go run 26 miles. You don't have to go do a full marathon. Run a mile. You know, go knock a door. Go. I mean, I would encourage just when we're talking about uh, getting out to vote, it may seem like a small thing, 
but it's one step. And again, God, he only ever asks us to do one, one thing. That's next. right. So. Well, there's so many things in the Bible about how God takes a little and does much. A little boy's lunch fed 5,000 men alone. An example after example of God taking small things. Don't despise small beginnings. Great things come out of, of small, small beginnings. And so you need to be encouraged. And let me just say this too, that one of the problems is people are thinking national and trying to get things changed nationally. And everything that's corrupt nationally started locally. And the only way we can fix it is to start locally. And you can get involved in your school board, your city council, your mayor's uh, offices, even in these small towns, your sheriffs uh, that are being elected. We don't, we don't need any more corrupt cops. And we see the FBI at the top totally corrupt, but what about locally? And if we don't vote for a good person, we're gonna have corrupt cops locally and, and, and things are going to be out of order and never change for the good. So don't despise small things. Your vote matters. And, and you need to especially engage, engage locally. Um, how can we recognize, one of the questions that came in is, how can we recognize uh, the deep state? I know Cody is, is new to the political arena, but I, I, I imagine you have something to say about the deep state. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean I'm an accountant, right? So one of the, I mean, the first things I heard from a lot of people was follow the money. If you want to find the deep state, follow the money. That's really all you have to do. It's not that hard. <laughs> so um, true. And I can tell you, uh, I, I've looked at the money trails, even some national, some to Oklahoma. Um, there was in Oklahoma, I'll give you Oklahoma numbers, but I know this happened all over the country. Oklahoma, we had $75 million spent on elections in 2022. 35 million, about half of it, came from what we call dark money groups, meaning we can't see who gave the money. It could be China, it could be Russia, it could be George Soros, Walmart, whoever. No, we have no way of tracking it. And they don't even report everything. And so they're interfering in our elections. And again, if you follow the money trail, I've watched, you'll see money get given to a national group that'll donate to a state group, and then they'll wash it through three or four how are we groups. Gonna, you're, you're discouraging. I'm not trying to discourage how are we? How are we gonna fix it? What do you, do you guys have a plan to fix it? Because that is wrong. It has yeah. to be fixed or, or we're supporting, again, corruption again. If we're gonna fix the corruption, we gotta deal with the money. Yes. Is, are there any ideas being presented, any bills to clean this up, even in yeah. Oklahoma? I mean, I can't save the whole country, but I'm right here in Oklahoma. And uh, I'd like to see this cleaned up. Are we are yeah. we heading in the right direction to clean? Because I agree, yes. the dark money is bad. Yeah. So one of the one of the things Arizona just the past a year or two ago they they had a state ballot question that put restraints on the dark money groups, and what it did it required disclosure for anybody spending money over certain dollar limits in the state. It got challenged in the Supreme Court because all these groups they lost their minds right like. They, they're losing their ability to hide what they're doing. They challenged it. The Supreme Court upheld the law. Good. Um, so honestly, one of the things I'm looking at doing is I'm looking at introducing that in legislation this year uh, to get it on the Well, in the name of agenda. Jesus, I just agree that you're doing the right thing and that you're going to have God's favor because the love of money is the root of all evil. That's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can almost guarantee it 
that where there's corruption, even in the White House today, the love of money will be at the root of it. Uh, and so we have to just have transparency. We're not talking about attacking people. We're not talking about taking people's uh, freedom of speech because money is part and giving is a part of our freedom of speech. Yep. But we were held accountable for our verbal freedom of speech. Right. Why not be held accountable for our financial freedom of speech? Exactly. And so that that is awesome. Uh, so where, where, where do we go from here? How can we, we're running out of time. We only got a minute and a half left. Can you, can you, can you give some encouragement to the, yeah. to the people? I'd say evaluate where, where you're at personally. You know, what, what's your personal level of involvement been to this point? And then what, one of the things I, I regularly do right now is I go, what am I believing for? And if I'm believing something, what am I doing to see that come to pass? It, it can be very practical. Like, yeah, I wanted to believe to lose weight. Well, am I watching what I eat? <laughs> did, like, did I work out? I mean, Amen. A practical steps, and it can be the same in politics. Okay, if you want to get involved, do I do I know who my local representatives are? If it's not your first step, let me go Google and look it up. Did you hear that? Just Google up who represents you, because that that's the purity of a representative republic is these people are representing us. We need to at least know who they are and how to better better connect. Well, again, I appreciate you being a part of Truth and Liberty. I didn't give out the prayer line. Let me quickly give out the prayer line. Maybe, maybe we've said something that you feel like you need prayer for. Uh, our prayer line is open 24-7. You call it anytime, any day, and there'll be a prayer partner there to pray for you. It's 719-635-1111. Again, I just want to say thank you uh, to my blessed state rep, Representative Cody Maynard. I know you've been blessed. I pray this has been informative, encouraging, inspiring, and that we act on our faith. Thanks again for being a part of Truth and Liberty. I'll see you next Thursday. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.